This is Sound Heights Records Podcast, Session 16, and the song lyric of the day is by King David. Happy is the man that has not walked in the counsel of the wicked, nor stood in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seat of the scoffers. But his desire is in the Torah of Hashem, and upon his Torah he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by streams of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does is successful. Yes, I am. And I understand. I'll be looking for you throughout the show. Welcome to the Sound Heights Records Podcast. Harmonizing life and music, growing as an artist, improving as a person, gaining insight and inspiration, conversations with world-class musicians. Welcome to Sound Heights Records. This is Yisrael Arye. Today we're going to do our second installment of the song backstory series. Today we're dealing with a song called Ashrei Haish. It's a Brooklyn Jazz Warriors song with uh, lyrics from Tehillim, from Psalms of King David. And it's due to be released publicly on May 22nd. We can get a pre-release currently if you go to patreon.com slash soundheightsrecords or soundheightsrecords.com slash rewards for a $2 patronage at the very least, you can get access to this and other pre-release tracks uh, for a little more. There's many unreleased demos, so go check that out. And of course, I want to thank our existing patrons for supporting this and other Sound Heights Records releases. The podcast, the tracks, we can't do it without your help. And please consider joining us if you're not already one of the patrons at the above-mentioned locations. Okay, so let's get into the story behind the song, Ashrei Ha'ish. So I'll go back to a number of years. I think this was two, right 2000. So I came to Crown Heights to study in Yeshiva Hadara Torah in uh, the very, very end of 1999. It was like Y2K uh, was the first... The, the, that New Year's was the first Shabbos I was in Crown Heights. And I'd come full of a lot of inspiration to come and learn Torah, to explore my Jewish heritage. I was particularly interested in the mystical dimensions of Torah. One of the things that had inspired me before I came to this Chabad Yeshiva in Crown Heights, which uh, specializes in Chabad Hasidus, the Hasidic teachings of the Chabad Rebbe's, I had encountered other Hasidic teachings that had inspired me, particularly those of Rebbe Nachman of Breslov. And among his teachings, particularly his stories, really resonated with me. There was something about them that spoke to my creative side in addition to whatever kind of spiritual 
impetus had led me to come learn Torah, here were a string of very kind of surreal, extremely creative stories that, that kind of came from out of left field that kind of reminded me of fairy tales or ancient fantasies, but clearly were representative of extremely profound uh, Torah wisdom. And I really, I just love these stories. And when I came to Chabad Yeshiva, which wasn't necessarily those things weren't discussed there or taught officially, but between my other studies, I retained uh, love for those stories and what they kind of represented to me, which was sort of a bridge between different parts of my experience, the new exploration of my Jewish roots and Torah learning, which I'd kind of been led to believe uh, growing up that it was kind of dry and uh, legalistic and something a lot more mystical, surrealistic, even psychedelic, that these stories really kind of portrayed. Now, um, while I was in yeshiva, in between the official learning, I would um, sometimes I would I'd pick up my guitar and I'd write tunes, I'd write uh, record things that were from the inspiration of the experience, and all those things kind of got filed away. Um, there was one melody that I wrote, which eventually became Ashrei Ha'ish, that I had married with the words of um, Psalm number one, Tehillim Kapitel Aleph, because of my favorite Rebbe Nachman story, which made a direct reference in, um, according to the background behind the story and even in the published versions of the story itself, said it was based on this Psalm 1. So in the yeshiva, one of the, if not the main theme of our learning, which is central to Chabad Hasidus, especially in modern times, the Hasidus of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rebbe Menachem Endel Schneerson, was this emphasis on the complete redemption, that everything that we're doing, everything that we're learning is leading towards this global harmony, bringing our individual lives into alignment through our good deeds and our learning, which will in turn bring the world into alignment. And this story and the traditional Breslov interpretations of it really fit into that. This story is called the cripple or hachiger in Hebrew. And the cripple, according to many interpretations, refers to the soul of Mashiach, the soul of the Redeemer. And the story itself describes a whole mystical, fantastical journey from place to place with, with magical powders and, and demons who are fighting and, and becoming clouds. And it's a very kind of wild, twisty story. And I'm actually, I'm going to read it now um, just to get the sense and the feeling of where this song is coming from. Then maybe I'll talk a little bit about specifics of it and other aspects of this Psalm 1, which comprises the lyrics of this song, which I'll play in its entirety at the end of this talk, Ashrei Ha'ish. So here's the story by Rabbi Nachman of Breslov called The Cripple. Once there was a wise man. Before he died, he summoned his sons and his family and told them that they must water trees. You may also earn a living in other ways, 
but you must also be careful to water trees. With that, the wise man died, leaving behind sons. He had one son who could not walk. He could stand, but he could not walk. His brothers supported him, giving him enough to live on and to have something left over. Little by little, the crippled son saved up some of the leftover money until he had a considerable sum. He thought it over. Why should I have my brothers supply my needs? It is better that I start some kind of business on my own. Although he could not walk, he had a plan. He would hire a wagon, a secretary, and a driver. He would travel with them to Leipzig. And then, even though he could not walk, he would be able to do some kind of business. When his family heard his plan, they were very pleased. They said, Why should we continue to support him? It is better that he earn his own living. They therefore lent him even more money so that he would have enough to run a business. The cripple hired a wagon, a secretary, and a driver, and he set out. They came to an inn, and his secretary suggested that they spend the night there, but he did not want to. They implored him, but he was stubborn and continued on his way. Soon they were lost in a forest and were attacked by robbers. This band of robbers originated during a time of famine. A man had come to the city and announced that whoever wanted food should come to him, thus attracting a number of men. He worked with cunning and dismissed the men he could not use. To one he said, you can be a craftsman, while to another he said, you can work in a mill. He thus chose only intelligent youths, bringing them into the woods. Then he told them that they should become thieves. From here, people travel to Leipzig, Breslau, and other places. Merchants go by. We will rob them and amass money. It was these robbers who attacked the cripple and his men. The driver and the secretary were able to flee, but the cripple remained in the wagon. When the robbers came to take the money chest, they asked him, Why are you sitting there? The cripple replied that he could not walk. The robbers took the chest and the horses, leaving the cripple on the wagon. The secretary and the driver fled to a town. They decided that since they had taken out loans from the wealthy landowners, it would be foolish for them to return home since they could be put in chains. It would be better to remain in the town to which they had fled. Here they would also be able to work as a secretary and a driver. The crippled son had provisions he had brought from home, and as long as he had some dry bread in his wagon, he ate it. Then this was used up, and he did not have anything to eat. He thought it over and threw himself down from the wagon, where he would be able to eat grass. He spent the night alone in the field and was very frightened. He lost all his strength until he could not even stand. He could only crawl, pushing himself along. He ate the grass around him. As long as he could reach out and eat the grass around him, he would remain in one place. Then, when the grass was gone, so that he could not reach anymore, he would push himself further and eat there. He continued eating grass for some time. Then one day he came across a certain type of grass that he had never eaten before. The grass looked appealing. He had eaten grass for so long now that he was familiar with the various species, but he had never seen any grass like this. He made up his mind that he would pluck it out, root and all. Under the root there was a diamond. The diamond was square, and each side had a different power. On one side it was written that whoever grasped that side would be foolish for them to return home, since they could be put together, that is, where the sun and the moon meet. When the cripple uprooted the grass concealing the diamond, it turned out that he was grasping that side of the stone. It lifted him up and transported him to the place where day and night meet. He looked around and saw that this was the place where the sun and moon come together. 
He heard the sun and the moon speaking. The sun was complaining to the moon. There is a tree that has many branches, each with its own fruit and leaves. Every single branch, fruit, and leaf has its own special power. One has the power to grant children to the childless, while another has the special power to grant livelihood. One has the power to heal one's sickness, and the others have the power to heal different sicknesses. Each one thus has its own different power. This tree must be watered. If it were watered, it would have all these great powers. But not only do I not water it, but when I shine on it, I am drying it up. The moon replied, You are worried about the concerns of others. Let me tell you my problem. I have a thousand mountains, and around these thousand mountains there are another thousand mountains. This is the place of the demons. The demons have feet like chickens, and they therefore do not have any strength in their feet. They pull nourishment from my feet, and because of this, I do not have any strength in my own feet. I have a powder, which is a remedy for my feet, but a wind comes and blows it away. Is that your worry, answered the sun? I'll tell you a cure. There is a highway with many roads branching off from it. One is the path of the righteous. When a person is righteous, some dust from this path is sprinkled under every step he takes. Every time he takes a step, he walks on that powder. Then there is the path of the atheist. If a person is an atheist, some powder from this path is scattered under every step he takes. There is also the path of the insane. If a person is insane, dust from this path is sprinkled under him. There are also many other paths. There is also a path for the righteous persons who accept suffering upon themselves. The wealthy landowners lead them in chains, and they do not have any strength in their feet. Some powder from this path is scattered under their feet, and this gives their feet strength. You must therefore go there. There is plenty of powder, and it will be a remedy for your feet. The cripple heard all this. He then looked at the other side of the diamond and saw written there that if one grasps that side, one will be transported to the highway from which the many paths emanate. He grasped that side and it immediately transported him there. He placed his feet on the path containing the powder that was a remedy for the feet, and he was immediately healed. He then took powder from all the paths, tying it into bundles. He made one bundle of powder from the path of the righteous by itself. He did the same with the other powders. He made one bundle of powder from the path of the righteous by itself. He did the same with the powders from the other paths, and he took them all. He then decided to go back to the forest where he had been robbed. When he came there, he chose a tall tree near the path along which the robbers went out to plunder. He took some powder of the righteous and some powder of the insane, mixed them together and scattered it on the path. He then climbed the tree and sat there, waiting to see what would happen. A group of robbers, who had been sent out by their leader to plunder, set out. They came to that path, and as soon as they stepped on the powder, they became righteous. They began to cry out for their souls since they had previously robbed and killed so many people. However, because this powder was mixed with the powder of the insane, they became insane saints. They began to fight with one another. One said, It was because of you that we stole. And the other said, You caused us to steal. This went on until they had all killed each other. The leader sent out another group, and the same thing happened. They killed one another just as before. This happened again until all the robbers were killed. The ex-cripple realized that none of the robbers remained except for the leader and one other man. The ex-cripple climbed down from the tree and swept away the powder that he had placed on the path. Then he spread pure powder of the righteous and went back to sit in the tree. The head robber was curious since he had sent out all his robbers and not a single one had returned. He therefore set out with the one who remained with him. As soon as he came to the path, 
where the ex-cripple had scattered the pure powder of the righteous, he became a saint. He began to cry out for his soul to his companion because he had killed so many people and had robbed so much property. He tore out graves and repented with great remorse. When the ex-cripple, who was sitting in the tree, heard that the head robber was so remorseful and repentant, he climbed down from the tree. Seeing him, the robber began to cry out, Woe to my soul! I have committed so many crimes! Give me a way to repent! Give me back the chest that you stole from me, replied the ex-cripple. The robbers had kept a record of everything that they had stolen, including the day and the victim. I will return it to you immediately, said the chief robber. I will even give you all the other wealth that I stole, but just give me a means of repentance. There is only one way that you can repent, said the ex-cripple. You must go to the city and confess. I am the one who made the announcement way back then, and I caused many men to become robbers. I have robbed and killed many people. This is your repentance. The chief robber gave him all his treasures and went with him into the city, doing as he had said. Since the robber had killed so many people, the people of the city sentenced him to be hanged as an example. The ex-cripple then made up his mind to go to the 2,000 mountains that the moon had mentioned to see what was happening there. When he got there, he stood at a distance from the 2,000 mountains. He saw thousands and myriads of demon families. They have children just like human beings, and therefore they are very numerous. He saw their leader sitting on a throne. No human being ever sat on such a throne. He also saw them joking about the mischief they had done. One said that he had harmed a child, another that he had injured someone's hand, and another that he had injured someone's foot. They also joked in other ways. Then he saw a father and a mother demon weeping. Why are you weeping? the demons asked. They replied that they had a son who would often take trips, but he would return at a fixed time. But now he had been gone a long time and had not returned. The parents were brought to the king of the demons, and he commanded that messengers be sent all over the world to find their lost son. When the father and mother were returning from the king, they met a demon who had gone together with their son. He was their son's friend, and they had set out together, but now that they met him, he was alone. Why are you crying? asked the friend. They told him that their son was missing. He replied, I will tell you. We had an island in the sea, which we had made our base. The king who owned this island decided to build it up, and he began to lay the foundations. Your lost son said to me, Let's hurt the king. With that, we went and took away the king's strength. The king went to physicians, but they could not help him. Then he began to seek advice from sorcerers. There was one sorcerer who knew your son's family. He did not know my family, so he could not do anything to me. But he knew your son's family, so he was able to capture him. He is now torturing him terribly. The parents brought their son's friend, who had told them this, to the king, and he repeated the entire story. The demon king said, Give the island king back his strength. The friend answered and said, One of the demons who was with us did not have any strength. We therefore gave him the island king's strength. The demon king said, Take the strength back from him and give it back to the island king. The friend replied to the king, The demon to whom we gave the island king's strength became a cloud. The demon king declared that the cloud should be summoned and brought to him. A messenger was sent to get him. The former cripple who had witnessed all this said to himself, I will go and examine this phenomenon. I will see how this individual was transformed into a cloud. He followed the messenger and came to the city where the cloud was. Why is this city covered by clouds so much, he asked the citizens. 
Not so, they replied. There has never been a cloud here. The city has been covered by a cloud only for a relatively short time. Then the messenger came and called the cloud, and it left that place. The former cripple decided to follow them and overhear their conversation. He heard the messenger ask the other, How did you come to be a cloud here? The other replied, I will tell you a story. Once there was a wise man. The emperor of his country was a great atheist, and he converted the entire land to atheism. The wise man summoned all of the members of his family and said, Don't you realize that the emperor is a terrible atheist? He has converted the entire land to atheism. He has even made some members of our family into atheists. Therefore, let us leave this place and go into the desert, so that we will be able to continue to believe in God. They agreed to this. The wise man pronounced a divine name and brought them to a desert. The sage did not consider this desert good, so he pronounced another divine name and transported his group to another desert. He did not find this good either, so he pronounced still another divine name and transported them to still another desert. This he considered good. The desert was close to the 2,000 mountains. The wise man made a circle around his group so that no one would be able to come close to them. There is a tree, and if this tree were watered, none of us demons would survive. We therefore work day and night digging ditches so that no water can reach that tree. Why must you dig continuously day and night? asked the messenger. Once you dig your ditches, it should be enough to hold back the water. There are talkers among us, replied the cloud. These talkers go and make strife between one king and another, causing wars. These wars cause earthquakes. The earth around the ditches collapses, and water can get to the tree. Therefore, our people always must stand by to dig. The cloud then continued his explanation and story. Whenever we appoint a new king, we joke about all the kinds of mischief that we have done, and we are very happy. One jokes about how he damaged a newborn child so that his mother mourned him. They joke about all sorts of different things, discussing all their pranks. When the new king becomes very happy, he strolls around with his royal ministers. He then attempts to uproot the tree. If the tree were no longer there, it would be very good for us. The new king, therefore, gathers up strength to uproot the entire tree. However, as soon as he comes near it, the tree lets out a very loud scream. The king becomes terrified and turns back. Once we appointed a new king, and we engaged in tremendous frivolity before him, in the manner I have described. The joy was very great, and this gave him very great courage. He said that he would be the one who would uproot the tree completely. He went for a walk with his ministers and gathered up great strength. Then he ran to uproot the tree completely, but when he came to it, it gave out a loud scream and he was overcome with terror. He turned back with tremendous frustration. On the way, he saw a group of human beings sitting. This was the group around the wise man, which I mentioned earlier. He sent some of his men to harm them in a fitting manner, as was their way. When the family of human beings saw the demons, they were overcome with fear. The sage said to them, do not be afraid. The demons approached, but they could not come near the humans because of the circle that the wise man had made around them. The demon king sent other messengers, but they also failed. Greatly frustrated, he himself went, but he could not get close to them. Finally, he asked the old man to let them enter. Since you are asking, said the old man, I will let you in, but it is not proper that the king come in alone. I will let another individual come in with you. With that, the sage made an opening and allowed them to come in. Then he closed the circle again. The demon king asked the old man, Why have you come to settle in our place? Why is this your place? retorted the sage. It is my place. Aren't you afraid of me? said the demon king. No, 
replied the sage. Are you still not afraid? said the king. With that, he made himself go larger until he reached the sky. He threatened to swallow the sage. I'm still not afraid at all, said the old man. But if you want, I will make you afraid of me. With that, the sage recited a short prayer. Dark clouds appeared, and there was loud thunder. Thunder has the power to destroy demons, and all the royal ministers who had been accompanying the demon king were killed. The only survivors were the king and the other one who was with him inside the circle. The demon king begged the sage to stop the thunder, and it stopped. The demon king then said, Since you are such a man, I will give you a book containing all the families of the demons. There are some miracle workers who only know one family and do not know even that family completely. But I will give you a book containing all the families, as they are all in the king's records. Every demon who is born must be registered by the king. The demon king sent the one who had been with him inside the circle to get the book. It was good that the sage had allowed another demon to survive, since otherwise there would not have been anyone to send to get the book. The demon brought him the book. The old sage opened the book and saw written in it thousands and myriads of families. The demon king also promised that he would never harm the old sage or any members of his family. He told the old man to bring him portraits of every member of his family. Whenever a child was born, they should immediately bring the demon king the child's portrait. In this manner, no harm would ever be done to the old man's family. Then it came time for the old man to die. He summoned his sons, and as his final testament commanded them, saying, I'm leaving you this book. You know that I have the power to make use of this book in holiness. Nevertheless, I do not make use of it. The only thing I use is my faith in God. You also must not use the book. Even if some of you can use it in holiness, do not use it. Have faith in God alone. With that, the wise man died, and the book became part of his heritage. Eventually, it was inherited by his grandson, who had the power to use it in holiness. However, he had full faith in God and did not use it, as the old man had commanded. The talkers among the demons tried to tempt the old man's grandson. He had mature daughters, and the talkers told him, Your daughters are getting older, and you do not have money to support them or marry them off. You should therefore make use of this book. The grandson did not know that the talkers were tempting him. He thought that it was his heart that was giving him this advice. But he traveled to his grandfather's grave and asked him, You left orders in your will that we are not to use this book, that we only have faith in God, but now my heart is tempting me to use it. The deceased sage answered, Even though you have the power to use it in holiness, it is better for you to have faith in God. Do not make use of it. God will help you. He complied. Then one day, the king of the land where the old man's grandson lived became ill. He went to physicians, but they could not cure him. The land was very hot, so the remedies did not help. The king then decreed that the Israelites should pray for him. Our demon king said, This grandson has the power to use this book in holiness, but he refrains from using it. Therefore, we should do something for his benefit. With that, our king commanded me to become a cloud there. The human king would then be healed by the remedies that he had taken earlier and those he would take later. The sage's grandson did not know anything about all this. This is the story of how I became a cloud here. This was the story that the cloud told the messenger. The former cripple followed them and listened. The cloud was brought to the demon king. The king ordered that the cloud's strength be taken and given back to the island king, and it was done. The demon's son was then able to return to his parents. The demon's son came back worn out and in great pain. 
He did not have any strength, since he had been tortured very much there. He was very angry at the sorcerer who had tortured him so much, and he left orders to his sons and their families that they should always lie in wait to trap the sorcerer. The talkers among the demons went and told the sorcerer to watch himself, since this family was lying in wait for him. The sorcerer made use of his devices to protect himself from them, and also sought the help of other sorcerers who knew other families. The demon's son and his family were very furious at the talkers for revealing their secret plans for revenge to the sorcerer. Once, this son's family and some talkers were going to serve a term of duty for the demon king. The family fabricated a false accusation against the talkers, and the king killed them. The surviving talkers were very angry, and they incited rebellion against all the kings. The demons were stricken with hunger, weakness, sword, and plague. There were wars among all the kings, and this caused earthquakes. The ditches fell in, and the tree was completely watered. All the demons were then destroyed, and nothing remained of them. Amen. Happy is the man who does not walk, does not stand, and in the place of jokers does not sit. He shall be like a tree planted on streams of water. Psalm 1. This entire story is alluded to in this psalm. He who has eyes should see, and he who has a heart should understand what is happening in this world. So there you have it, The Cripple by Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. I hope you enjoyed the story. I just love that story, and it occurred to me upon reading this and other stories that based on some of the history of surrealistic literature, particularly Franz Kafka, who had drawn a lot from Jewish mystical sources, that these stories were a huge influence, not just on him, but through him and very likely other writers, a whole genre of surrealistic literature, which really (laughs) has appealed to me. And here we have that kind of story, that kind of surrealism, which really, to me, kind of opens up windows in the brain, possibilities and images that are representational. And the way Rabbi Nachman talked about approaching these stories is that they are representational of real things, both mystical realities and real things happening in the world, but they're just told in a parable form. He had said that folk tales in general in the world contain very deep truths, except that often they're put out of order with, or with kind of a misguided emphasis which purveys only partial truths and corrupted moral teachings. But that Rabbi Nachman's teachings coming from Torah wisdom and being structured based on that wisdom and that truth is a properly ordered parable that one can derive through and through lessons both in mystical teachings of Torah and practical life lessons as well. So a little bit about now how that <laughs> became an influence for this song. So there was a melody, as I'd said, which I'd written while I was in yeshiva, and I put it to the, the words of Psalm 1 in Hebrew, and I recall performing it for a gathering of rabbis and 
parents of yeshiva students at, at a parents weekend at the yeshiva and very excitedly talking about the story in relation to, again, the main theme in a Chabad yeshiva and in general in the Hasidic world, which is Mashiach, the Redeemer, and Geula, redemption, and how the end of the story with the watering of the tree and the destruction of the demons it represented a very unique way of expressing how one can look at their mission in this world as part of a larger purpose. And the psalm begins with, happy is the man that has not walked in the counsel of the wicked, nor stood in the way of the sinners, nor sat in the seat of the scoffers. It really fits very well with the theme of this podcast, which is the idea of achieving success, not just in music and musical skills and recording and production skills and music business skills, achieving one's goals in life, but also achieving one's higher purpose, harmony in one's relationships, etc. That the path to achieve this is laid out through these wisdom teachings. It starts out right at the beginning of the Psalms. It's the beginning of the King David's advice to us, which is first to avoid these three kinds of groups of people, um, different interpretations point out these three things are really like thought, speech, and action. The counsel of the wicked is really thought and how we think about things. The path of the sinners is actually what we... Uh, action, what we do either consciously or unconsciously, and the seat of the scoffers is how we speak about things. So avoiding the negative influence in, in these areas is step number one. Then in the second verse, step number two is what should a person be proactively involved in? What should a person's mind be involved in? Well, it says Torah Hashem, the, the teachings of Hashem. So one of the things I've discovered in my study of Torah is that music is a major part of Torah. Music is not just something that's nice to accompany, let's say, a, a simcha, a, a happy occasion, but it's an integral part of, of Jewish life, and it's an integral part of spiritual life and of Torah study itself, and there's a topic in Torah of music itself, which is vast and profound, both in the revealed Torah and the mystical Torah. And this is something I've been exploring for many years, and one of the purposes of this podcast is to, as a, a format in order to explore that more, and I, I really appreciate the opportunity for those who are with me listening to this, even though this is different than the normal format of interviews with musicians or even explicit talk about success as a musician. But I really feel like this ties in, because here in Psalm 1, we're talking about the path of a successful person. And so this second step, this second verse, that they're night and day, they're, they're meditating in the Torah. And it says, first it says Hashem's Torah, it's God's Torah. But then it says His Torah, which... Many of the commentators explain this refers to the person's Torah, meaning once they start to get into it and they start to contemplate it and understand it more and, and own it in their lives, it becomes their own. And then they can come up with new perspectives on it and new teachings. 
um, and they think about it day and night. And music, as a part of a person's meditations, as a part of a person's study, music is the emotional dimension of Torah. So that a person can have an intellectual perspective and, and gain an understanding and appreciation of what is true in the world, what is true for them and the proper path that they should go on and the positive things that they can think about, but also how to implement an emotional dimension to those revelations. There's a famous uh, self-help book called Think and Grow Rich, where it talks about one's thoughts being directed towards certain goals, that when those thoughts are backed by emotion, then they're extremely powerful. So here in, in general in a person's life, when they have intentions and they have thoughts that are laid out, let's say a plan or, or a goal for themselves. And if it's dry, it's not going to have that much power. But when it's backed with emotion, it can be earth-changing, life-changing. So a little bit about the recording of the tune. So the tune was written, it had its chords, it had the melody, which is kind of like um, my version of, of a Hasidic a nigan Hasidic melody, and I'd had it kind of in my pocket for a number of years with the words to the Psalm 1, um, and I kind of had always had a vision of how the music sounded, which it's a, you know, basically a three-chord main section of the song. It's an A and B form. There's an A section, which kind of repeats a number of times. And then a B section, which just repeats two times, which has a few other chords. But the main section just has three chords. And to me, it's a perfect template for, for a jam improvisation. And so that's what I really feel like this recording really kind of captured that. It was recorded at the old Sound Heights record space on Eastern Parkway uh, two years ago in, in 2017 with uh, myself and Menachem Grossman on lead guitar Nissen Levitin on drums, and uh, I'm singing, and I also, um, after we recorded that live with guitar, um, two guitars, me playing rhythm guitar, Menachem on lead, and Nissen on drums, then I added a bass guitar, added organ, I re-recorded the vocals, and then, because <laughs> I wanted to get like a Hasidic gathering, Hasidic for bringing atmosphere to the melody, so during that period of time, Whoever came by the studio for whatever reason, and a couple of people I think I kind of schlepped inside the studio, um, I added them to the group of people singing that niggin. So including my, my uh, at the time, one and two-year-old sons who were amazingly able to sort of carry the tune, and I had them sing it a few times um, with the recording and then edited it, and I think it, it sounds really cool with the kids' voices there, and there's a couple of... Friends of mine, Ephraim Goodman, um, a number of the people, of course, uh, Nissen and Menachem are singing, and uh, a student of mine, Menachem Fantek, is on there. Um, a guy named Avraham I, I met on the street. Uh, probably a couple other people I'm, I'm not thinking of, but uh, hopefully it makes a nice uh, group dynamic of singing. Not everyone is a professional singer. Some of it's a little out of tune, but that's kind of like the spirit of a Hasidic for bringing and then uh, I feel like the jam with Menachem on lead guitar and, and Nissen's drumming, it, I really feel like it, it took off. Um, 
and kind of represented the the path of of the the righteous person. Happy is the man who walks, or woman, of course, could be as well. But this is the the path of a person who is setting out on a journey. They're seeking to reach the highest level to fulfill their own personal potential in their own life, but with their mind also thinking about the global picture, thinking about a much bigger picture of their role in a much larger place, which all this represents and, and the journey of the and the dance of the music. So I hope you enjoy it. And now here I'm going to play this, the song in its entirety. So here it is, Ashrei Haish.
So I hope you enjoyed that song, Ashrei Haish. And that's the Brooklyn Jazz Warriors featuring Menachem Grossman on guitar, Nissen Levitin on drums, myself, Yisrael Aryeh, on vocals, guitar, bass, and organ, and also featuring on vocals, Menachem Grossman, Nissen Levitin, Ephraim Goodman, Menachem Fontek, Yossi Gutblatt, Shmuley Gutblatt, Avram Shvili, and Jason Ewald. Again, you can download it um, by becoming a, a $2 patron of Sound Heights Records at patreon.com slash soundheightsrecords that the public release will be May 22nd, which is Lagba Omer, a day celebrating the life and work of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai with the emphasis on his mystical teachings as recorded in the Holy Zohar. And it happens to be a day that is particularly associated with music as there's a religious prohibition on performance of music during the days preceding that, the days from the end of the Passover holiday through Lagba Omer, a period of a few weeks in which uh, traditional Jews do not listen to music. So that's the occasion of releasing this song officially on Lagba Omer. The reason for the prohibition is connected to tragedies that have befallen the Jewish people throughout our history, and particularly the death of 24,000 students of the great Rabbi Akiva, of which Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was one of the few survivors. And the day of his passing was also the day that those deaths, which were from a plague, ceased. So the custom of not listening to music is really a sign of mourning. But this restriction on musical activities will end when the cause for the mourning ends, which is this long and bitter exile of the Jewish people and a disharmony that's experienced by the world, which will end with the full revelation of Mashiach, of the global Redeemer. So keep your eyes open. It's all unfolding now and our musical activities, as we say, will hasten this revelation. Because remember, with abundant singing and the playing of music, we bring about the true and complete redemption. See you next time.